Hey, hey, hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to a special bonus edition of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. Happy Wednesday, folks. I figured we are overdue for an Ask Brian. It has been a while since we've done an Ask Brian, since I'm not really doing a whole lot right now. I'm pretty much at home, just watching TV pretty much all day until my foot heals. Foot heals. Try saying that ten times fast. Um, So I figured now would be a good time for an Ask Brian. So I posted to the official Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan Facebook page. I posted to Instagram, hoping to get some questions. I got some good questions that I am prepared to ask. If you are new to Ask Brian, I mean, you shouldn't. I mean, if you probably aren't at this point, but if you are new to Ask Brian, here's how it goes. You send me your questions. I answer them. Absolutely nothing is off limits. So I have nothing, no problems with answering any of your questions, and I am looking forward to it. We got some good ones. Gives me an opportunity to talk about some things that I absolutely love. Gives me an opportunity to talk about Baseball, some TV shows I like. We got some 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 stadium questions as well. Some good questions. You know, Pat Honan, of course, came up with a few good questions as well. He's the official or the unofficial associate producer of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. So we've got a lot of really good questions coming up your way on Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. So I don't want to delay. You guys know how this goes. So I'm not going to introduce the podcast any further than I already have. Let's get into today's Ask Brian. You sent me some great questions. I'm ready to answer them. Here we go. Alright, I am so ready to answer some of your questions, guys. The Yankees are on an 11-game winning streak. I am fired up to begin this Wednesday, so I am ready to just jump right into it. And we're going to begin with my friend Natalie Noble, who submitted quite a few questions on Instagram. So I am going to answer some of them, starting off with, is your broken foot healed? Um, I appreciate Natalie checking in on um, my broken foot. I appreciate anybody who's asked over the last couple weeks about my broken foot. Um, I went to my podiatrist last Monday, and unfortunately he said that um, my foot still needs to be in the boot, and I need to be off it for another four weeks, uh, which sucks, but I am looking towards um, solutions to hopefully be able to return to work at the International Spy Museum sometime soon. Uh, it was definitely a setback. to have. The, I really felt like I was fine. I felt like I was moving around good, like my foot was feeling okay. But um, it was definitely a setback for the doctor to say that my foot was definitely not 100% healed. Um, I don't know what it is, but I honestly feel okay. So um, I, I've been I've been going out a little bit more lately. I mean, the first couple of weeks when I was dealing with the broken foot, I was pretty much staying at home pretty much all the time. Like honestly, that would have been the time for me to do an Ask Brian. Personally, it was those first couple of weeks when I was just not doing anything at all. But now. I'm a little bit more active. I've had family visit me the last couple of weekends, so I've been out seeing them. Uh, I've gone out a little bit more. So I'm hopeful that things are going to get better soon. I would say the pain that I've been feeling with the broken foot is mostly discomfort at this point. Not really like like the first couple days when I fractured my foot, it was just like, oh my God, this is the most unbearable pain ever. But over the last couple of weeks... I would say it's, it's kind of gone down a lot to the point where it's just kind of like just uncomfortable at this point. The most annoying thing, honestly, is wearing the boot. Like, I'm so sick of wearing the boot everywhere. I miss wearing shoes, normal shoes. Um, as the sooner I return to that, the better. 
But again, I won't know anything until my next podiatrist appointment, which isn't until September 13th, uh, which sucks. I really want to return back to normal life. Well, what can you do? I appreciate uh, Natalie uh, checking in on my broken foot. I appreciate anybody who's asked about my broken foot. That's all very nice of you. I really appreciate it. And uh, I will continue to keep you guys updated uh, every episode of Upon Further Review of Brian Brennan until I am able to return back to work. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Sirius, uh, Sirius XMFC, uh, the soccer channel at Sirius. They heard that I broke my foot and they uh, gave me some work to do at home, which I really appreciate. That's really nice of them. Um, they did not have to do that, so I really appreciate them doing that, and uh, I'm grateful for them because honestly, I would I would be going crazy at home, not doing any work whatsoever. So I appreciate that Sirius has given me this opportunity to work while I've been at home. So there's your update on my broken foot to start this Ask Brian. Uh, I hope to have I hope to have it heal relatively soon. Natalie also asked me what my favorite current TV show is now. This is an easy one, folks. I mean, if you've been paying attention to Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan for the last few weeks, you know what my favorite TV show right now is. It's Ted Lasso, baby! Ted Lasso is the best show ever. I am not underestimating this. Ted Lasso is magical. It is the greatest show ever. I am a better person for having watched Ted Lasso. This show has changed my life in ways that I could never have imagined. I highly encourage everybody to watch Ted Lasso. It's not just a soccer show. It's not just a sports show. This is a show that everybody can fall in love with and appreciate. This show is magical. I, there's no other way around it. This Ted Lasso it's unlike anything, like, it just made me feel good in a way that no other TV show, past or previous, has ever made me feel before. Ted Lasso makes me feel good, and I encourage everybody to watch it. Now, I am going to talk about the current season of Ted Lasso, so I would like to warn you that there are some spoilers ahead in what I am about to talk about. Folks, I really hope Ted doesn't end up with Rebecca. I really hope that's an, uh, that appears to be what they are building towards. I am I have been trying to ignore all the signs that Ted and Rebecca are going to end up together, but it, it just like it seems to be like too obvious. Like tech, Rebecca's banter match, like who else could it be? I've been going over this with other fans of the show. Shout out to my dad, of course, who's a huge fan of Ted Lasso, and my friend Alan Mars, who's also a huge fan of Ted Lasso. And we're like, oh, maybe it's Coach Beard. Maybe it's one of the players. Guys, it's probably going to be Ted. I hate to say it, but it's probably going to be Ted. And I don't want it to be Ted. Like, I, what, I really feel like Ted and Rebecca, considering the way their relationship started, with Rebecca lying to Ted, Bringing him in to coach AFC Richmond when he was clearly set up to fail. I think they belong better off as friends. I think the Christmas episode, which by the way, the Christmas episode is awesome. I don't know anybody who criticizes the Christmas episode or the fact that it was held in August is crazy. The Christmas episode was magical. The Christmas episode, I think, sets up Ted and Rebecca really well as friends. I, I just don't know why they'd want to go down that route, personally. I would not... That would be disappointing to me, honestly, if Ted Lasso were to go down that way. Um, but I am addicted to the show. I think it's the best. I have not... Let's also talk about Roy Kent 
coming back to the Richmond coaching staff at the end of the last episode as well. Again, a lot of spoilers, I know, but I warned you guys, spoilers, before I talked about this. What does that mean for Nate? What does that mean for Nate the Great? He just developed all this confidence. He, he had that great scene at the restaurant in the last episode. What does this mean for Nate now that Roy Kent, somebody who he has a very frosty relationship, is back on the Richmond sideline? We saw the impact Roy Kent had as on Isaac, but what kind of impact will Roy Kent have on the Richmond sideline? I don't know. I'm really excited to see. There are so many storylines with this show. It's not, it sounds like such a ridiculous show. It's about an American football coach going to coach a European English soccer team. It sounds so ridiculous, but it is such a good show. I can't tell you enough to watch Ted Lasso. This show is amazing. It really is. I am more invested in a fictional soccer team from England coached by an American than my own English soccer team, Arsenal. I am more invested than Richmond than I am in Arsenal. Not even close right now. I cannot wait to see how the rest of the season shapes out. I have a lot of questions. I, I can't. I love this show, guys. I just love this show. Is so good. Um, other shows I've been watching. Uh, I shouldn't make it all Ted Lasso. Honestly, I should mention some other shows I've been watching as well. Uh, I, I watched WandaVision. Uh, I mentioned this um, during the last. Um, asked Brian. Brian Garrity asked me if I had watched any of the uh, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki show. I actually watched WandaVision and I really liked it. A lot of people were like, WandaVision starts off really slow, it's boring, it's not that interesting. I thought WandaVision was great from the start, honestly. I was a little surprised. Honestly, I thought Falcon and the Winter Soldier was kind of slow from the start, honestly. I had a tougher time getting into that than I did WandaVision. So, I don't know. I, I, I am as locked into Ted Lasso as it gets right now. It's, it's honestly hard to focus on any other TV shows right now because I am like I can't remember the last time I was this locked into a TV show. Maybe Breaking Bad. I, I don't I don't know honestly. Like I, this show is magical, but that's pretty much it. Like I, other than that, uh, I mean I'm pretty much watching the Yankees every night, so I don't really have a ton of time for TV shows. But Ted Lasso has definitely consumed my every waking hour. So uh, I encourage everybody to watch Ted Lasso if you haven't already. Uh, if you are in the middle of season two, I hope you skipped it. You can come back now. For the, oh, and of course, you know, I, I, I love shit. The other show I watched this year, of course, was Shit's Creek. Um, I love Shit's Creek. They're not, not really a surprise there. Shit's Creek is awesome. Um, but, um, oh, man, watch Ted Lasso. That's all I got to say. Natalie also asked me, what's my favorite food? Um... That's a question that usually a rune asks. Um, but I love really spicy food. And lately, I've been getting into really spicy curries. Like, spicy Indian curries. As spicy as they can possibly make me. And, um, yes, it hurts a lot. Because uh, I'm asking for literally as spicy as possible. But, um, I love a really good Indian curry. I love a really good Indian biryani, too. I think those are some of my favorite foods as well. As far as just, like, basic American foods, I love hamburgers and hot dogs. I really i am kind of, like, a basic guy when it comes to food. I don't really eat a whole lot of different foods. I don't cook very often. One, you know, uh, one thing I have been watching a lot of lately um, on YouTube 
Uh, in addition to, obviously, uh, Ted Lasso, the TV show I just mentioned, one of the other things I've been watching a lot of lately is uh, Binging with Babish on YouTube, uh, which is awesome. But for those of you who don't know what Binging with Babish is, go check it out. This guy, um, Andrew Ray is his name. He's a cook, or he's a chef, and he recreates food that's created on TV shows. And I've been really interested in some of his recipes and like how he makes the food. It's, I could never do that personally, but... I've been really into that as well lately too. In addition to the that, that's uh, it's not really a TV show, but that's something else I've been watching a lot of lately. And he makes a lot of really interesting stuff, like some really. Like, I just watched his one this morning on on when he makes the cannolis from The Godfather, like you know, leave the gun, take the cannolis. So maybe I'll I'll start to recreate some of that for sure. But as far as basic foods, uh, like foods that I love, I love Indian food. I love. Like, that's probably my favorite type of, like, international food in any way, shape, or form. I, a good, spicy curry, it's hard to beat that, in my opinion. My dad was the one who raised me on that, and I absolutely love it for that. Natalie's last last question was, uh, what is your skincare routine? Um, I don't really have one, honestly, Natalie. I'm sorry. I don't really have a skincare routine. I don't know. I use body wash and soap like everyone else. I'm, I'm not really... Not really like that personally, where I have like an exact skincare routine, but um, I, I do use this um this beard wash. Ever since I started growing my beard, I've been using this um this beard wash that I think is really good, and that keeps my beard looking all clean and fresh and everything. But I don't really have like a skin. There's no like supplements or anything that I use to really keep my skin looking good. Honestly, I don't really. I've never really thought about that. I I am a, a guy after all. I'm a 30 year old male, so that's not really something I've thought a whole lot about but anyway i appreciate natalie submitting all our questions any uh any chance to talk about ted lasso or my favorite foods is an opportunity that i am going to take and run with so uh let's get into some more questions all right charlie ferullo asked me two questions uh one of which is serious one of which is not as serious i will start with the not as serious question first Charlie asked me who my favorite TikToker is. And of course, he followed it up with four laughing emojis. If you've been following this podcast, or if you know me personally, you know that I despise TikTok. I think TikTok is evil. TikTok is disgusting. I will never watch one of their horrible videos again. In fact, I think less of anybody who is on TikTok. I think TikTok is horrible. It is a joke. It is one of the worst things that has ever happened to society. TikTok can die in a fire. Anyway, on to Charlie's next question. Uh, he said, <laughs> no, seriously, because he knew I wasn't going to answer that question seriously. Uh, do you think the Yankees can catch Tampa? Yankees are on fire, baby. 11 wins in a row after beating Atlanta in another super stressful win last night. A one-run victory. Chapman couldn't close it in the ninth inning. They bring in Wandy Peralta to face the reigning NL MVP, Freddie Freeman. And he gets Freeman to fly out to Gallo to end the game in a really stressful spot. Wandy Peralta comes through again for the Yankees, who have now won 11 straight games. Woo! All right. Um, do I think the Yankees can catch Tampa? Well, I think they are definitely going to make the playoffs. They are playing their best baseball of the season. Rizzo and Gallo have absolutely incited like a spark under this team. I know they've kind of struggled a bit lately. But they have absolutely sparked this team to the point where they are a 100%. This team is like night and day compared to where they were at the 
before the trade deadline. It's not even close. I, I, like, I mean, these guys have been like, they provide balance to the lineup when they desperately needed it. It was a heavily right-handed lineup. And now you add Rizzo, you add Gallo. These guys provide a lot of balance. I mean, and let's not forget the spark that guys like Andrew Velasquez have absolutely provided. Andrew Velasquez, the kid from the Bronx. I mean, what more can you say about the kid? He's doing a great job filling in for Glaber right now. Um, the only thing I can, I'm concerned about is it could be a numbers crunch in which Velasquez gets, gets taken off the roster um, and he loses his spot. Now, personally, I'm okay with that. I'm kind of accepting of the fact that Velasquez is kind of a short-term thing. I know Glaber is what they view as the long-term answer at shortstop. So I'm okay with them personally putting Velasquez back in the mind. He'll be back in September anyway. He'll be a September call-up. Um, the thing about Tampa Bay is that Tampa Bay is a really, really good team. Like, they, they, they are for real, okay? Tampa Bay is, I mean, they're in first place for a reason. They have the best record in the American League for a reason. And not to mention, they keep playing the freaking Orioles. They're playing the Orioles again this weekend. Are you kidding me? Like, the Orioles have lost 19 games in a row. We actually have a question from one Pat Honan about the Orioles coming up in just a minute. But um, the, uh, if Tampa Bay keeps playing the Orioles, of course they're going to win. The Orioles stink. I mean, I wish the Yankees played the Orioles. As, I mean, I wish the Yankees would start playing the Orioles as much as the Rays do. So, I don't know. I think the division could be tough. They're only four games back. Tampa just keeps winning. That's the only thing. Tampa just keeps winning, even though the Yankees keep winning as well. It's it's crazy. I, I don't know. Um, I think the Yankees... Can they win the division? Yes. They can, can they come back? Absolutely. I think they absolutely can come back and win this division, but it won't be easy. I mean, it won't be easy. Tampa Bay is a damn good team. They're definitely a better team than the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox fell apart, basically, in the second half. They blew a nine-and-a-half game lead in less than a month. So, I don't, I don't, I, Tampa Bay is a much better team, I think, than the Red Sox. I think it's clear that the two best teams in the American League East are the Tampa Bay Rays and the Yankees. It's not even close. And we'll see how this series goes. I mean, the series in, in uh, Atlanta... You know they took the both games. It was it was. I'm really glad they took both games. Obviously, the la- even though the last game was definitely really stressful, um, and I'm excited for this Oakland series. This Oakland series coming up is enormous. I would love to have a huge lead for the wild card after this Oakland series. I would love to take three out of four. Realistically, I think they're going to split. I could see the winning streak coming to an end during this series for sure. I think they could. I, I, I mean, 11's a long streak. This is the longest winning streak they've had since 1985. Not even those dynasty Yankee teams in the 90s had a winning streak like this. 1985! I mean, that's crazy. So, it'll come to an end at some point. Um, well, I would love to win 3 out of 4 in, in Oakland, or maybe the split ideal, but 3 out of 4 would be great. I mean, that this is a huge series coming up for the Yankees. Um, I'll go, I mean... It's going to be Jamison Tyone to start it off. I'm just looking at the rotation now. Jamison Tyone starts it off on the Thursday game, tomorrow's game. Uh, and then Cole uh, pitches on Friday. Uh, and then so- Saturday will be Nestor, Nestor Cortez. And then uh, Sunday is Jordan Montgomery. So they got their best pitchers going in this series against Oakland. Step on their throats. Step on their throats. Uh, I, as, yeah, this is the uh, Yankees. I actually... Another thing about the Yankees that I would like to point out is 
Due to the rain out in the last game of the Minnesota series, now they have to play 20 games in a row starting September 2nd, and they don't get an off day until September 23rd. Uh, I am actually okay with that, personally. Uh, I looked at the schedule, and I think it's actually very manageable. The only games outside of New York City during that stretch are three games in Baltimore. As I've already mentioned, the Orioles stink. They've lost 19 games in a row. Every other game, including the three-game series at City Field September 10th, 11th, and 12th, are all in New York. So I think the Yankees can take advantage of that, and I think that'll help them as well. The old, uh, they only have three games left this season with Tampa. It's the last three games of the series, last three games of the year, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd at the stadium. So just win those games. Win all these games that you've got in New York and take advantage from there, Yankees. Um, I, I think it's definitely possible they can catch Tampa Bay. But we'll, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy for sure. Um, all right, that does it for Charlie's questions. Let's move into some more questions. All right, Tim Clark asked an interesting question. You might remember uh, in one of the previous Ask Bryant's, Ethan Winter asked a really good question about what I would do if I was the commissioner of Major League Baseball to make people more interested. Tim asked me what I would do if I was the commissioner of Major League Soccer to make people more interested. I really don't know. This is a tough one because the MLS has kind of been like a, a rock in a hard place type situation where it's got... Like some people think it's a retirement league. Some people think it's a league where you can develop young talent. Personally, either I think the MLS is kind of stuck stuck in a tough spot. They're they're doing the right thing, I think, in expanding to all these cities. Like I think it's exciting that the MLS is expanding to Charlotte. They're opening soccer specific stadiums in all these cities. But personally, they always seem to have an identity crisis. Like one thing that's always driven me crazy about the MLS, for example, is that. Half the teams are like LAFC or Austin FC or NYCFC or DC United. They have a traditional European soccer name, but then there are all these teams that are like LA Galaxy or and teams like that. It's always been like a, like Seattle Sounders. Like they can't decide if they're like an American soccer or like if they want to Americanize their soccer league or if they want to Europeanize it. So one of the first things I would do is I would definitely set it up where we either have European names or we have American names. You, you, you can't have one or the other. That's one thing I would do for sure. Uh, I would definitely make sure that everybody is playing in a soccer-specific stadium. Looking at you, NYCFC. It, look, I've tried over the course of the years to get into NYCFC. I'm like, they play at Yankee Stadium. They're partially owned by the Yankees. Even though they're owned by Manchester City a little bit, who I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I've tried to get into NYCFC, but I think the hardest thing for me is the fact that they play at a freaking baseball stadium. It's a joke. They need their own soccer-specific stadium. Uh, honestly, every team needs soccer-specific stadiums. We should not have teams playing in football stadiums at this point. That is, un- like, I, I don't know why the Chicago Fire, for example, moved back to Chicago to play at Soldier Field. Like, did they really think that would, like, help things? Do they really think that would make things better? I, I don't know. I didn't like that. I, I don't like that at all. I, I would want every team playing in a soccer-specific stadium. I want every team on TV as well. I want, because uh, I know teams, it's, it's kind of an issue for some teams. Not every team is on TV locally, at least. So that's what I would do. As far as bringing in talent is concerned, I don't know. I, 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 I Like I said, kind of a tough spot for MLS. Some of its players are like older 
retired players. Yes, there's talk about Messi or Ronaldo coming to Inter Miami at the end of their career. But would that I what good would that really do? I mean, we saw David Beckham come here and and the MLS is still where it is. Would would Messi really change things? I, I don't I don't really know for sure, honestly. So that that's you know what I would do. I think they're setting up expansion really well. Uh, I'm excited to see it expand into North Carolina and to Charlotte next year. Again, I hope they get their own soccer-specific stadium and they're not playing at Bank of America Stadium for their whole career or for their whole time in Charlotte. Um, I um, I don't know. I I just it's just the MLS is always it's always I just never going to be perfect for me. It's it's like they they're never going to get it right. I feel. I feel like you know, I, everybody's always like, you need promotion and relegation to be a real serious league. I don't know how I feel about that, necessarily. Um, that's another spot where it's an identity crisis. All these other leagues around, Europe, around Europe have promotion and relegation, but the MLS does not. And what would it be like? That would be completely different compared to anything we've ever had in U.S. sports before. If there was a promotion and relegation system between the USL, for example, and the MLS. That would be completely different from something we've ever seen before. I used to be a proponent of that. Now I'm not as sure if it would be a good idea or not. I I don't know if America could handle something like that, honestly. But, um... I, I, I don't know. To make Tim watch it more? I don't... I don't know. Um... I like I would I would love to get rid of the retirement league image personally, but we'll see. MLS is always going to be in a tough spot. I feel, but soccer specific stadiums. We're going to be talking a lot about stadiums in the next couple of questions as well. But soccer specific stadiums are a must. I feel um, bringing in quality talent, whether regardless of age, I think is always going to be big for MLS. And I don't know about Pro Rel honestly. Pro Rel is. I don't know if that would ever work in, in American sports like that. I, I have to think about it. But those are some of the things I would do if I were commissioner of MLS. I haven't thought about it as much as I do with baseball, honestly. I'm a much bigger baseball fan than I am an MLS fan. But uh, So I've thought about what I would do with baseball a lot more than MLS. But um, I, I, I think there's, there is room to, there's all, definitely room to make the MLS a better league for sure. There's definitely room and potential to make it a better league. I'm excited. The Austin-Columbus situation could have been really bad for the league, I thought. It could have been a really bad look that the first club moved to Austin like that. But they sorted it out. They worked it out well, I thought. Um, They handled it well. They've now got two L.A. teams, which I think are good. The L.A. Galaxy and LAFC. I think it's good to have two L.A. teams in the market. Um, I I, I think the MLS has some positives. Even some, like... Even like under the market, like radar teams like Nashville starting to do well. Cincinnati struggled a bit since they've come to the league, but Nashville's doing well. Inter Miami's doing well. Um, I, I think uh, I think MLS is in, will 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 eventually get to a good place. All right, I hope you like the way I'm doing these questions, where I, I kind of do it one at a time. I think that's the way to go from now on. When ask Brian, it gives me a chance to kind of think about how I would answer each question. Uh, so my next question comes from. Joe Ryan, my boy from Malaysia. It's been a while since I've seen Joe Ryan. I haven't been, obviously, I went to Malaysia back in 2016. It's been a while since I've been out there. I need to go back out to that part of the world for sure and see Joe. Uh, I think he's in Singapore now, but either way, uh, I got to go see Joe at some point. Uh, He asked me for my Super Bowl matchup this year. Now, admittedly, I have not been as locked into football as 
as I should be, honestly. I am fully in baseball mode still. I am still locked into baseball season right now, so it's hard for me to get excited about anything football, which I know is the exact opposite of most people in the country. Most people are fully in football mode at this point, but I am still in baseball mode. However, I think this year we could see the Buffalo Bills have a really good season in the AFC East. I'm excited to see Josh Allen and how he does this year for the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think he could have an MVP-type season for the, the Bills, especially if you know Stephon Diggs has another big year for the Bills. They were good last year. They got to within one win of the Super Bowl. I could see the Chiefs honestly taking a step back. The Chiefs are still going to be good, I think, but the rest of their division is kind of catching up a little bit. The Raiders... Could be good this year. You now their first, you know, they're 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 in Vegas now. This could be their, you know, with Carr and everything and all their weapons. Darren Waller is a hell of a player for the Raiders as well. And not to mention the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was the rookie of the year last year. He's a beast, um, and I have a feeling he's only going to get better as his career goes on. I can see some teams catching up to the Chiefs a little bit in that division, and I can see Buffalo kind of taking advantage of what overall I think is a weak division. I don't think New England particularly scares me too much in the AFC East. The Jets, definitely not. The Dolphins, not really either. So um, I can see Buffalo having a strong year. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to have a really big big, big year in the NFC. Um, in the NFC. Um, as long as Tom Brady is out there, uh, I think he will continue to dominate for the Bucks. I mean, he's just an ageless wonder at this point. And they returned literally every single starter from their Super Bowl team last year. So I think the Bucks will be primed to go on another Super Bowl run this year. The NFC is much harder to predict, I think, than the AFC. I think uh, those teams in the NFC West could be interesting as well. Seattle's always good with Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm interested to see how Matthew Stafford does in... Uh, his first year in LA, now that he's out of Detroit, you know, many, many years of losing and disappointing football in Detroit, he gets traded for Jared Goff. I think the change of scenery could be good for Matthew Stafford, could be good for Jared Goff as well. Um, I, but I really think the Bucks are going to be the team to watch this year in the NFC uh, altogether. I think they're going to be tough to beat, especially considering they're returning every starter. The Saints are going to be without Drew Brees. For the first time in a long time since he, you know, and they're going to Jameis Winston, who I guess has looked good in the preseason. I don't really watch preseason football. I don't put a ton of stock into anything that happens in the preseason, guys. That's why I just, I have not watched a second of preseason football this year. I have no interest in preseason football whatsoever. There's plenty of good baseball on you could be watching, but um, I, I don't know. Uh, preseason football doesn't really do it for me. Um, that I, I had my first fantasy draft last night. I got a C plus draft grade, so I must not have done very well. They predicted me to only have four wins. I mean, come on, I'm gonna I'm doing better than that. I'm gonna do better than that. I'm definitely doing better than four wins. Like you can, you can forget that. But as far as um the actual regular season goes, I'll go with the Bills Bucks Super Bowl matchup. I'll go with that this year. I ex- I think the Bills will get there, and I think the Bucks will bounce back and make it again. But we are gonna do a football. Preview roundtable next week, I believe, with Ethan, uh, not Ethan, with um, with Tim and uh, Arun uh, and Michael Edgley as well. I think we're all going to do a football roundtable either sometime next week. Um, so that should be good. Stay tuned for that. I'm sure they, especially Arun, probably knows more about way more about football than I do at this point. So uh, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. But that is my Super Bowl matchup. Thank you for the question, Joe. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, the next couple of questions are all asked by people named Pat. We've got Pat Stein first. We've got my dad, Patrick Brennan. And then, of course, we've got the unofficial associate producer of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan, the one and only Pat Honan, all asking questions. Like I said, we are going to start with Pat Stein. And uh, Pat's question to me is a very good one, actually. We actually have a couple stadium questions today. So uh, my dad asked a stadium question as well. So uh, here's Pat Stein's question. Um, if you are in charge of designing a stadium in any sport, what is the one feature you would want to make sure you have in it? Great question. I have two, two things that are requirements for any stadium, in my opinion. Any stadium, anywhere. Number one, needs to be centrally located. Needs to be located within access to public transportation or close enough to the highways that people can drive to it. I will give you a perfect example of that. Right here in D.C., we have Nationals Park. Gorgeous, fantastic location in an up-and-coming neighborhood, the Navy Yard in D.C. Uh, it's easy for everyone to get to by metro. It's, it's centrally located. You can walk from downtown D.C. to Nationals Park and be fine. Nationals Park is a perfect example of what I would do for a centrally located ballpark. The same thing with the arena in Chinatown, Capital One Arena, where the Caps and Wizards play. That place is centrally located. You can get there by metro. It's easy for it's right downtown, right in the heart of the business district. It's you know you can finish work and you can walk right to the arena. That is what I need from my arenas and my ballparks. Centrally located downtown arenas and ballparks. In contrast, we have FedEx Field, which is in Landover, Maryland, in the middle of nowhere. Impossible to get to by metro, impossible to get to by car, and also a dump of a stadium when you get inside. FedEx Field is a joke. If I were in charge of the Washington football team, now that they have, they're in the process of changing their name officially from what it was to something new, potentially Washington, just the Washington football team, or something completely new like the Red Tails or the Red Wolves, um, what I would do is I would build a stadium on the location of where RFK is uh, and build up that neighborhood the way that the people have built up neighborhoods around Nationals Park and around Capital One Arena. That's what, I, I mean, you need centrally located stadium fedex field is a joke not to mention it's in maryland most people in maryland are ravens fans not wft fans move the wft back to the district centrally located stadiums are a requirement in any sport pat in any sport i'll in charlotte for example where pat lives Perfect example, you've got Bank of America Stadium right downtown. And even though it's right downtown, it's close to the highway for people who live in the suburbs, like Pat, who drive into Charlotte and can go to the stadium easily. The Spectrum Center in downtown Charlotte, formerly Time Warner Cable Arena, same thing. Centrally located, perfect, right next to the light rail station as well. Uh, the, the minor league ballpark in Charlotte, Charlotte's a great example of that as well, Pat. Um... That's I, I, what we need. We, every stadium needs to be... MetLife Stadium, I hate. I hate MetLife Stadium. It's in the middle of nowhere. I uh, I know the West Side Stadium for the Jets 
Yeah, there were a lot of there was a lot of controversy about it. Not a lot of people wanted the Olympics that would have gone with it, but the West Side Stadium for the Jets would have honestly been really good for the Jets franchise instead of playing in the middle of nowhere in MetLife Stadium. I am not a fan of middle of nowhere stadiums. A lot of them are fo- a lot of football stadiums are in the middle of nowhere. Why? You could build a downtown stadium. It's possible. Well, I don't understand why the San Francisco 49ers have to play 50 miles away from San Francisco. How does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. The other thing, I've been ranting on this for four and a half minutes on how stadiums need to be downtown. The other thing I think is a requirement at, good, at stadiums is good food. Good food is essential. That's another thing I love about Nationals Park. There is great food at Nationals Park. There is a Shake Shack. There is a barbecue joint. There is like all kinds of box fries. All kinds of good stuff at Nationals Park. Good food is a requirement. You cannot half-ass stadium food anymore. Stadium food is essential at this point. Otherwise, you're going to just lose business to the bars and restaurants around your neighborhood, around your ballpark, in the neighborhood. The downtown neighborhood I was just talking about. I, I think good food is essential. Those are the two things. If I was building a ballpark or a stadium or anything or an arena, I would want it downtown centrally located and it would have to have good food. Good food is a requirement. Um, access to public transportation. You guys know I'm a big public transportation nerd. You need to be close to public transportation. You need to, if you don't have a subway system in your city or a light rail or something, you need to be close to the bus. Like, I'm sorry, that, that's a requirement. It is a requirement. It gets people, people who probably can't afford to go to the games will be much more able to go to the game if you have public transportation close to your stadium arena. Those are just the things I would do if I were building a stadium or arena. We need to get the Washington football team out of Landover and we need to get them back into D.C. I am not a Washington football team fan in the least, but it is a joke that D.C. has all these great stadiums and arenas. Nationals Park, Audi Field, Capital One Arena, all of them downtown, centrally located, and yet we've got this middle-of-nowhere dump of a stadium in FedEx Field. I'm sorry, we gotta get we got to get them back to the district. we got to get them back to the district. I, 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 I hope by the... I was hoping that they would have this fixed by 2026 so we could have a new stadium in D.C. for the 2026 World Cup. I thought that would definitely help D.C.'s chances of hosting a 2026 World Cup game, possibly hosting multiple 2026 World Cup games. Unfortunately, that was not the case. That, and um, So it looks like it's going to take a little bit longer than that. But either way... Get them back to the district. Get them a new stadium on the site of where RFK Stadium is. Uh, And that would definitely do wonders, I think, for the reputation of the Washington football team and for really just the reputation of D.C. in general to get a world-class stadium like that downtown. So that is what I would do if I were building a stadium, Pat. Centrally located, good food. All right, there's actually one Pat I forgot about. Ask me a question, which I'm going to slide in now. Uh, and that would be Patrick Montgomery, my man. Uh, just moved to D.C. last month. I still haven't seen Patrick, but I'm, I'm hoping to see him soon. Uh, I'm in his neighborhood quite a bit down in D.C. He lives in like a really nice part of D.C. now, U Street, Shaw, that whole area. So I'm in Pat, Pat's neighborhood a lot. But Pat, Patrick Montgomery asked me, he just straight up asked me, who are these people? 
I'm, I'm going to assume. So Patrick and I have been talking a lot about the Metro in D.C. And um, we're both Metro enthusiasts. Even, you know, we're not from here. But uh, Patrick asked me, who are these people? So I'm going to assume he's talking about people on the Metro. And uh, all kinds of people ride the Metro. You see all kinds of people on the Metro every day. But this gives me an excuse to rant about something that happened to me on Instagram the other day. Um, so I there's this great account for local DC people called Washingtonian Problems that just talks about things that we go through living in the DC area on a daily basis, things that we might see, you know, news stories. Um, and they posted this this story about how. Um, there was a collapse in, in the tunnel, uh, the 3rd Street Tunnel, that caused a, a whole bunch of traffic out, uh, issues in D.C. the other day. And I, I posted something like, it's not that hard to get around D.C. without a car. I've lived here for four years. Getting around the D.C. area without a car is not that difficult. You could just take the metro or you could take the bus. It's really not that hard. And all these people came at me like, you're entitled. How dare you say it's not hard to get around with a car? How dare you say it, you entitled bastard? Like, oh my goodness. These people got big mad over the fact that I said it's easy to get around this area without a car. Look, I'm from New York originally, folks. I know how to get around cities without a car. It's easy. It's not that hard. Just walk. Or take the metro. Or take the bus. Or Uber. It's really not that hard. But for me to, to be labeled as entitled because I don't have a car. I'm the one without a car, people. I'm the one who's found a way to make do in this city, in this area, without a car. But I'm the entitled one. God forbid. But um, I don't know. I just, gave, I just wanted to, it's like all these people came at me saying I'm entitled. I'm not even from D.C. I don't even have a right to talk about how easy it is to get around this city without a car. I've, I've never been late for anything. I'm perpetually early to things, folks. I, 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 I have no issues getting around this city. It's not like... They, I, you just take advantage. Like I know the Metro has delays, and I know the Metro has issues, but leave early. It's not that hard. I, I can't understand why anybody's late to anything around here. Just leave early. Like, I'm, I, I don't get it. You see snobs on Washingtonian problems telling me that... I'm the entitled one just because I because I think it's easy to get around this area without a car. It is easy to get around this area without a car. We've done it. I've done it plenty. I've had brought family this area. We've all gotten around without a car. I at no point have I thought in my four years of living in this area I should go and buy a car. I'm fine without a car. You can live in this area without a car. Shout out to Patrick Montgomery for saying who are these people for setting me up for that honestly because these people are crazy. At saying I'm entitled, please get over yourselves. Get over yourselves. You're the entitled ones, honestly. Like I, they said, that, like I'm disrespecting underfunded and underprivileged communities by saying it's easy to get around without a car. No, you're reading way too far into my comments. Like that's not what I said at all. All I said was that it is easy to get around this area without a car, which it is. Rant over. Alright, the next Pat question comes from my dad, Patrick Brennan, and it's a kind of similar question to Pat Stein's question. Um, it's which stadium that I haven't already visited would you like to go to already and why? Um, great question. Um, 
there's a lot of stadiums that I, that have opened uh, recently that I would really like to go to. Uh, now I know I just went on a whole rant about downtown centrally located stadiums and how they are essential. But I'd be lying if I didn't say I really kind of want to visit the Atlanta Braves new stadium, uh, Truist Field. The Yankees were just there the last two nights. It looks like a really nice ballpark. And it looks like they're turning that area around the ballpark, even though it's not in downtown Atlanta, which I do have some thoughts about, into a nice centrally located downtown area. Um, like a business district almost. I, I, I want to go there. I want to go to... Um, the Marlins Park, Marlins Park uh, in Miami uh, with the retractable roof. Um, I, I want to go see that place for sure. I, you know, I, I want to see uh, what that, what baseball in Miami's like now that they moved out. Of, they used to play at the Dolphin Stadium. Now they play right in downtown Miami. And I really want to go to Target Field as well. Uh, I really want to go to Target Field in Minnesota. Um, I don't know why they didn't build a retractable roof stadium in Minnesota when it snows there all the time in the April, but um, I really would love to go to Target Field in Minnesota and check that place out. Um, I bet it's a hundred times better than the Metrodome. Uh, so I would love those are the three baseball stadiums that I would absolutely love to get to. Like those are the three that are definitely on my list that I would love to get to. As far as other sports goes, um. You know, I've never seen a match at um, Arsenal's Emirates Stadium, so I've, I, I've only taken the tour, and the tour was amazing. The tour was really great, but I can only imagine I mean, what that place is like on match days. I'm sure it's not great now because Arsenal stink, but uh, I would love to go to a match at the Emirates Stadium. Um, I'm sure it's a million times better than the tour just to get in that whole experience, that whole atmosphere, just to see what it's like. Uh, as far as, like, Stadium arenas that I haven't been to that I would really like to go to. Um, that's a tough question. Uh, I've been to a lot of stadiums and arenas that I, I, I really like to go that I haven't been to. Yeah, um, I would you know you know one that I really like to see that looks really cool uh, is the Oakland Raiders or not the Oakland the Las Vegas Raiders now the Las Vegas Raiders. New stadium in L.A., or not in L.A., what? I am all over the place with this answer. The Las Vegas Raiders, new stadium in Vegas with the eternal flame looks really cool. I thought that stadium looked cool last year with no fans in it. Now this year, they're finally filling the place up. They're finally getting some fans in there. It looks like a legitimately really nice stadium. So I would love to go see any, I know that stadium's definitely going to host Super Bowls at some point in the future. Uh, Las Vegas is a burgeoning sports market for sure. I would love to see uh, a game there for sure. I think that that's only going to get better as a stadium. I think that's one a, a classic stadium looking. It looks really cool with the retractable roof. I would definitely love to get out to to Vegas and see the Raiders stadium. I haven't been to Vegas since I was a kid, so I, I would love. Now that Vegas has professional sports, I'm not really a gambling person, as you guys know. But now that Vegas has the Vegas Golden Knights and the Raiders, and I think more is on the way. I think Major League Baseball is on the way for Vegas. I would love to go out there and take a trip to go to one of their stadiums or arenas for sure. Uh, but those are the ballparks that I would love to go to: uh, Atlanta. Miami and uh, Minnesota, those are the three ballparks that I haven't been to that I would really like to go to. The new St. Louis as well. 
Uh, I know they built up the area around the new St. Louis ballpark as well, and it's supposed to be really nice. They call it the Ballpark Village. It's right downtown. I would love to see that as well. And the Raiders Stadium in Vegas. I, a Raiders Stadium in Vegas would be great too. And, of course, I would love to see a game at the Emirates. That, that would be the, the dream someday to see the Emirates. And I know my dad and I have been waiting a long time for that Millwall-Arsenal matchup, either in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup that we can see at the Emirates. Arsenal actually plays today at 3 o'clock in the uh, Carabao Cup. I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, but uh, I'd love to see Millwall play Arsenal at the Emirates someday with my dad. That would be the dream. That would be the dream for sure. Um, and hopefully that will be my first trip to the Emirates Stadium to see Arsenal play. But I would love to go to that place for sure. I've toured the Emirates Stadium. I've been to a match at Wembley Stadium. I've toured Stamford Bridge. I would love to see a match at one of those places. I really would. All right, guys, we have come to a very special portion of today's Ask Brian. You know what time it is. It's the Pat Honan section. You know how Pat Honan does. He sends me a lot of questions. I usually have to narrow it down. I, I think Pat sent me a lot of really good questions this time, and I am prepared to answer them. So let's get into the questions from none other than the unofficial associate producer of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan, the one and only Pat Honan, who asked me, will the Orioles break the consecutive loss streak record? Uh, great question. They are currently at 19. They lost last night to extend their losing streak to 19. I believe the record is 21. So I think the Orioles have a very good chance to not only tie the record, but to break the record as well. I already mentioned during Charlie's question that the Rays play the Orioles again this weekend, and the Rays absolutely own the Orioles. In fact, I don't think they've lost to the Orioles yet this season. So I expect the Orioles' losing streak to continue well beyond 19, possibly well into the 20s. As well. I, I, I do not see them winning a game anytime soon. They stink. I'm sorry to all my friends who are Orioles fans. Ever since that cat ran on the field at Yankee Stadium, the Orioles have been terrible. They have lost every game since then. I do not see them winning a game anytime soon. I apologize to all my friends who are Orioles fans. I feel bad for Cedric Mullins. He's having a great season, wasted on a garbage team. Same with Trey Mancini. Those guys need a change of scenery for sure. I see the Orioles losing streak continuing for quite a while. It is a shame what has happened to baseball in this area. I, I know I pick on my friends like Robbie Gross who hate on baseball all the time, but I kind of get it honestly. If my options were the Orioles who have lost 19 games in a row and the Nationals who just press a gigantic reset button, I'd be pretty down on baseball too if I lived in this area. So I think the Nationals, or the Orioles, excuse me, are going to continue to just lose and lose and lose and lose and lose. I mean, it is hard. 19 games in a row. It's hard to be that bad. It really is. 19 games in a row. Just looking at the standings, they're 38 and 86. If they lose over 100 games, they'll have lost 100 plus games for the third year in a row. I mean, that's just sad. Just a couple of years ago, the Orioles looked promising, they looked good. Man, they have fallen on hard times. Really hard times. They are in bad, bad shape. The Orioles are down bad right now, folks. Uh, which leads me to Pat Honan's next question. We already kind of had a question like this from Charlie, but it gives me an excuse to talk about the Yankees a little bit more. 
Pat asked me, will the Yankees win the division? I know Charlie already asked me this, but I think they very much can win the division. I think they very much are still in this. I think there's still a chance for the Yankees as long as they just keep winning games. They're winning games they could lose. Last night was a game the Yankees could have easily lost to Atlanta. They could have, that was a game I think the old Yankees would have lost. The pre-Gallo, pre-Rizzo Yankees, the pre-trade deadline Yankees, that's a game they would have lost. But they won it. They're finding ways. What did Mariano Duncan say in 1996? We play today. We win today. That's it. And I think the Yankees are doing that. This is almost like an incarnation of the 96 squad. Like they, they play today. They win today. They find a way. They get it done. I think the Yankees absolutely still have a chance in this division. Again, they just might run out of time because they only play Tampa Bay one more time the rest of the season. And it's the last series of the year at the stadium. I'll actually be with Pat Honan that weekend at Pat Stein's wedding. So I'm looking forward. We'll be following that series for sure. I mean, if it means something, we'll definitely be following that series for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I will. I, I, I'm sure Pat will join me on that for sure. Um, but yes, I think the Yankees, as long as they just keep playing... Great baseball the way they have. They can do anything at this point in the season. This is a completely different team from where they were. I almost, yes, I know I have receipts. I have receipts on me saying they should fire Boone. They should fire Cashman. I will be honest about that. I will be honest about the fact that I said those things. But it's hard to deny how great they've been lately. They've won 11 games in a row. I mean, holy shit. It's hard to get any better than that. So just keep it up, Yankees. Keep it up. Go into this Oakland series. You have all the momentum in the world. And just keep it up. Pat, Pat Honan's next question. Um, he asked me, which division is the best in baseball? The American League East or the NL West? I'm going to actually surprise some people here. I'm going to go with the NL West. Um, I know the NL West is kind of top-heavy. Uh, and so, uh, but I really think that the Di- the Giants are for real, especially since they got Chris Bryant. Uh, they've just been uh, they've been even better ever since they got. They're the first team to eighty wins, and yet the Dodgers are right behind them as well. The Dodgers are playing some great baseball right now. Just looking at the divisional standings, the Dodgers are nine and one in their last ten games. So, Dodgers are right on their tail, and the Padres. While, yes, they've struggled a bit in the second half, are a damn good team as well. I mean, they... they, Wow, actually, I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wild card standings right now. I did not realize the Cincinnati Reds have actually leapfrogged the San Diego Padres and are now in second place in the wild card. Wow! Actually, the Reds have a one-game lead over the Padres. That Did not see that coming as at all. But, uh... I still think the Padres will find a way. I thought those were the three best, three of the best teams in the NL all season. But give credit to Cincinnati. Damn. Joey Votto and the crew. I mean, Joey Votto, I, I said this the last episode, could be working on another MVP this season. He's been that good for the Reds. So, I, I think, um, I, I still think the NL West is better. I'm going to be honest. I think the Yankees, the Rays are a great team. I think the Yankees are a great team. I don't think the Red Sox are that good. I know I hate the Red Sox and I hate on them all the time. I really am not convinced that they're that good of a team. I think they overachieved in the first half and we're seeing the real Red Sox in the second half. Toronto has faded in the second half as well. So 
I don't think Toronto is as good as as they as they were at, at times this season. Ever since they lost George Springer, I mean, what a huge loss that is. As much as I hate him for being on the cheating 2017 Astros squad, I have to say George Springer is a hell of a player. Um, so being without him is a huge loss for that Toronto uh, Blue Jays team. Um, and Oakland, man, I, I didn't realize Oakland's lost four games in a row going into this Yankee. They're two and eight in their last ten. So Yankees are red hot going into this Oakland series. Oakland is not. So right now the Red Sox have a two game lead for the second wild card spot. What I mean, I know it helps that the Red Sox have played some lesser competition. They're playing the Texas Rangers this week, but still, that's crazy. That's crazy. I'll go with the NL West to answer Pat's question. I still think that division is ultimately overall better, and I still think at the end of the day, all three of those teams will make the playoffs, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong for sure. Um, Pat's next question. Uh, he asked me what I'm more likely to watch this year, the Premier League or college football? That's an easy one, Pat. The Premier League. I am fully back invested in the Premier League. I'm even watching games that don't involve Arsenal right now. I watched Leicester West Ham on Monday. The whole thing. I watched that whole match from start to finish. So I am fully back invested in the Premier League. I think it is the best soccer league in the world without a doubt. Uh, I, I am I am I don't like college football. It's not for me. I'm, I know Pat is a big Notre Dame fan and he loves I think he likes Notre Dame more than he likes the Yankees honestly. I think he said that to me in the past. But um I'm sorry Pat. I college football just does not do it for me. Like it's 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 just not my thing. I'm much more into the NFL. And now, even then, I'm not as into the NFL as I used to be. So I'm Premier League all the way. Honestly, I hate to say it, but Ted Lasso might have honestly gotten me back more into soccer than, than, than I would have been. Like, I, I honestly think I, I would, I, if it weren't for that show, I might honestly not be as into soccer as I was. But I'm definitely watching a ton of Premier League. I even mentioned a couple minutes ago that I'm going to watch Arsenal's Carabao Cup game today at 3 o'clock against West Brom. So uh, I'm excited for all that. Um, yes, definitely watching more Premier League than college football this year. Pat thought I was, I, we were even talking about that. He thought I was down on both, but no, I am, I'm definitely back into the Premier League. Uh, and then Pat's next question is also Premier League related. Will Arsenal finish in the top five? Uh, no, 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 definitely not. I'm sorry, Pat. We're, Arsenal is definitely not finishing in the top five this year. If the first couple games are any indication uh, Arsenal are in for a very long season this year. As much as I love Arsenal, this could be a very long season. They, I mean, look, they lost to Chelsea 2-0. You can kind of expect that. Chelsea is a much better team. Lukaku scored in his debut for Chelsea. But the loss to Brentford, newly promoted Brentford, tells you all you need to know about this team. They are not going anywhere. They are lifeless. The old Arsenal would have never lost that game to Brentford. Would have never in a million years lost that game. But Arsenal lost that game to a newly promoted side. 2-0. Like, that gave me all the indication that this Arsenal team is not it. This ain't it, Chief. This Arsenal team is not it at all. So... I think Arsenal will be lucky to finish top eight, honestly. I don't think they're going to get relegated. I'm not going to go that far. Like, a lot of Arsenal fans are like, we're finally in a relegation battle. This is exactly what the team needs. We can finally sell everybody. Like, I'm not that negative. I would get rid of Mikel Arteta. Clearly, he's shown 
in his time as Arsenal manager that he is not the answer. Other than his FA Cup win, they were terrible in the league last season. They didn't win any club comp, cup, cup competitions in last season. I doubt they're going to do anything this year under his stewardship. So I am Arteta out. I hate the ownership. I still hate the Cronkies. I think they're terrible. I don't think Arsenal is going to finish top five. I just don't see it happening. Sorry to my fellow Gooners out there. I do not see us finishing top five. Uh, and then Pat's next question um, is it kind of involves Arsenal as well. He asked me, who do I think is more likely to get fired? The Arsenal manager, Mikel Arteta, Joe Judge, or the Red Sox manager, Alex Cora? I think it's Mikel Arteta. I don't think either Joe Judge or Alex Cora have to worry about their job security. Uh, I think Joe Judge will get at least one more year after this year, even if the Giants don't make the playoffs, which I think they will. I think the Giants will make the playoffs. But even if they don't, I think Joe Judge will get another year for sure. They seem to like Joe Judge. The players seem to enjoy playing for Joe Judge. Um, and Alex Cora is wildly popular in Boston, even though he's a cheater for the 2017 Astros and the 2018 Red Sox, and we should not forget cheated as well. Uh, I think those guys will definitely be back. I would be shocked if Mikel Arteta last past October, honestly. I don't think he's going to last as particularly long for our, as Arsenal manager. If the results keep going the way they do, I don't see him lasting very long. I mean, they play City this weekend. City's going to destroy Arsenal. I don't see any way around it. City is going to, is on fire right now. They got Jack Grealish. I see City destroying Arsenal this in their next game. So, between those three, pretty random three, by the way, Pat, uh, Joe Judge, Alex Cora, and Mikel Arteta, I think Mikel Arteta is, for sure, out of those three, the most likely to get fired. Like, without a doubt. Uh, I, I don't see Judge or Cora getting fired anytime soon. But good question, nonetheless. And Pat's final question, actually he had two more questions. Pat, you know Pat Honan, he always sends a lot of questions. Uh, they're both Giants related. Um, do I still think the Giants will have a good season? Uh, yes, yes I still think the Giants will have a good season. I will say I'm a little concerned about all the fights that I've been seeing in practice. Um, the fight, like There was the fight between the two Giants that Joe Judge just canceled practice altogether. And um, got really pissed. And then there was the fight with Sterling Shepard when they were in Cleveland this week at the Browns training facility training with the Cleveland Browns. So um, that's a little concerning, but I still think there's enough talent. I really don't think the NFC East is that good. I really don't. Like, I really, you're going to tell me Washington football team is that good. They're not good. They're not that good. They won the division. They won a crappy NFC East last year by default. Somebody had to win that division, and the Washington football team did because the Eagles laid down and died in their last game against them. Screw the Washington football team and screw the Eagles. But anyway, um, I think this Giants team is poised to win the, win the crappy division. I'll be interested to see how the Cowboys do as much as I can't stand them. I think Dak Prescott coming back will definitely help uh, for sure. But I think the Giants, I mean, look, Daniel Jones, next question is about Daniel Jones, so I'll save all my thoughts on that for a second, but is going to need to have a big step ahead year. But I think Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney making those additions in the offseason is going to be huge. Those are two weapons that I think will definitely help. Um, I wasn't a huge fan at first of trading back in the draft. 
I really wanted Devonta Smith and the stupid ass Eagles traded up for him, but um, I think Kadarius Tony could end up being a good pick. He's got to stop getting COVID, but still, uh, Kadarius Tony I think could end up working out pretty well for this team. And I love the Galladay signing. I really do. I'm glad he's on this team. So let's let's transition uh, while I'm on while I'm on a bit of a Giants uh, rant right now. Let's transition into um, Patrick's next question. Pat Pat Honan's next question. Uh, his last question, which is who will throw more interceptions this year, Zach Wilson, the new quarterback for the Jets, or Daniel Jones? I'm going to go with Wilson. I want Zach Wilson to do well. I actually kind of hope the Jets take a step forward this year, which could be tough. They've had a lot of injuries this camp. Carl Lawson going down for the season sucks. He wanted to be on the Jets, and he goes down for the season. That really sucks for the Jets. But I, I just I always go with the rookie in questions like this because I think the rookie will throw more interceptions uh, than the veteran. Um, and uh, I guess Daniel Jones is a veteran now. He's been around. This is his third season. So he's going to have to have a huge step forward, I think, Daniel Jones. Or the Giants will be looking at potentially drafting another quarterback this offseason. I think Jones, with the weapons he has, I already mentioned Galladay and Tony, Saquon coming back. I'm excited to see what Saquon does this year. Um, I think um, I think the Giants could take a step forward if Daniel Jones takes a step forward, and we will see if he does. I, I mean, he's shown moments moments of promise. He's shown moments of greatness. He can be the, the next. He can be the answer at quarterback. He's already proven he's better than Dwayne Haskins. I mean, shit, Dwayne Haskins is like a backup on the Steelers now, and then people were like, "Why did you draft Jones before Haskins?" I mean, that tells you all you need to know right there. So I hopefully am ready for Jones to take the next step. I think Joe Judge is the right coach for this team. I think he'll get the guys going for sure. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Zach Wilson will be good. I just think it's going to take a year. It's going to take a year of playing in the NFL and getting used to it, getting acclimated to it for Matt, for Zach Wilson to turn out really well. Thank you to Pat Honan. For all your questions, I really appreciate it. All your questions always rock. Um, I, I, it's always tough to narrow it down, but I really appreciate it nonetheless. And uh, before we wrap up today's uh, bonus episode of A Pop Further Review with Brian Brennan, uh, I just had my first fantasy draft last night uh, for the Impractical League. Uh, that's my league with Mike and Tim and Arun and all those guys. So I am going to go over my team Uh that I already mentioned I got a C-plus draft grade for. But I'm going to go over the whole roster, and that's coming up next on this bonus episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. All right, so last night I had my first fantasy football draft of the season. I'm in three leagues this year. Uh, the Impractical League, the 30 Buck Brotherhood. Shout out to Tom and Greg and B. Goody and Phil and all those guys over in that league. And Scrub Nation, shout out to John Rice and Ethan and Dylan and Pat Stein, of course, and everybody else who's in that league. Um, but the first draft was impractical last night. Now, Pat Honan also asked me what my first round pick in fantasy would be. So I'm just going to go over my entire team uh, that I drafted last night. Now, I'm not in love with this team. I think there are moves that I can make to make this team better. I know Michael Edgley makes a lot of trades in Impractical, so I might be looking to him to make some moves. I know he is always he's always plotting the next move, that Michael Edgley. But this is my team, my first round pick. Now, 
I got the number 10 spot. This is a 10-team league. So I had the number 10 pick out of 10. And I picked Saquon Barkley. I know it's a bold pick. Saquon's coming back from the injury. It's not a sure thing. I got to go with my guy. I felt like I had to pick the Giant there. And I picked Saquon Barkley at running back. And then with my back-to-back pick, I picked Stefan Diggs at wide receiver. Those were my first two picks in the draft. I am happy with them. I think Saquon will have a bounce back year. Hopefully comeback player of the year. I know that's wishful thinking both as a fantasy owner and a Giants fan. But uh, I think Saquon Barkley will have a nice bounce back year. And Stefan Diggs was great last year for the Bills. I think he and Josh Allen are a great duo. I am excited to have Stefan Diggs. I like my first round more than what Matt, Matt Prandoni, former guest of the podcast, did. Matt Prandoni had the number seven pick in the draft. And he took Travis Kelsey in the first round. Like, are you kidding me? He was like, oh, I wanted a really good tight end. I'm like, bro, you could have waited a couple rounds. I mean, seriously, that was the most head-scratching thing. Yet Matt Pranzoni got an A-minus draft grade? How does that make any sense? He took Travis Kelsey in the first round. I don't know. As far as the rest of my team goes, I got Lamar Jackson at quarterback, which I'm excited about. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good year for the Ravens. Uh, He's just got to get vaccinated. (laughs) Uh, Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. I got him at wide receiver. I've got uh, Henderson from the Rams as my other running back. I got Lance Thomas at tight end, and I got Tyler Lockett from Seattle in the flex. On my backup positions, um, I got Robbie Anderson from Carolina, Duke Johnson from Houston, Melvin Gordon from the Broncos, Matt Stafford is my backup quarterback, uh, Williams from the Lions. For now, I could be making a move that could get rid of Williams, and uh, LaVisca Chenault from the Jaguars. I got Badgley as my kicker. From the Chargers, and my defense is Tampa Bay. So, that is my starting team. I got a C-plus draft grade. Now, I know they say, don't put a ton of stock into your draft grades, or you'll drive yourself crazy. But that is my fantasy team. That is the first fantasy team I have drafted this year. I like it. I They said I'm only going to win four games. I disagree. I think I'm going to win a lot more than four games. The games are not played on paper, Yahoo. The games are not played on paper. So that is a quick glimpse into my fantasy roster this year. I like. I hope Saquon Barkley has a big bounce back year. I hope Lamar Jackson does well for the Ravens. I, I like my team. I like my team. I think we're going to have a good year this year. All right, folks. That does it for all the questions that I've been asked on today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I'd like to thank everybody for asking all those great questions. I had a lot of fun this morning answering all your questions. Uh, A good way to spend a Yankee off day for sure. Uh, And we'll come right back in just a second and wrap up this episode. All right, I want to thank you for joining me on today's Ask Brian episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I kind of like the way we did it differently, answering each question one at a time. Uh, If it sounds weird listening back, let me know, and I won't do it like this again, but I kind of like doing it this way. It gave me a chance to kind of take in each question and think about each question. I don't know. I I liked it that way. Maybe we'll do something different next time. Maybe next time we'll do it kind of like hot ones where I'm I'm, I'm answering questions while I eat hot chicken wings. That would be a fun way to do it. Maybe switch things up a little bit than just having people send me questions. I think that would be fun. The fun way to a fun way to do. It. I love you know. I've always wanted to be on Hot Ones. Uh, it's probably my favorite. That's another show I love. That's another show that's been getting me through my time with broken foot. 
a lot of hot ones. So maybe we could do a hot ones type, ask Brian for sure, where we just eat insanely hot chicken wings. Uh, I've got plenty of hot sauce, so I, I definitely love to try that for sure. But again, thank you to everybody who submitted all your questions. Uh, all the Pats, Natalie, Joe, Tim, um, I really appreciate all your questions as well. Uh, and we will be back on Friday with a regular episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan, uh, where we will recap uh, the Yankees. Uh, as of right now, 11-game winning streak. They have one more game tomorrow night against Oakland before we record. Uh, we'll recap the whole week. Uh, we'll take a look at everything else that's happening in Major League Baseball. Uh, I did not know the Cincinnati Reds had a one-game lead for the second wild card now, uh, but that's just great. Um, I would like to say one last thing before I wrap up this episode. I was going to save this for Friday, but um, I, I, I kind of had a tweet blow up this weekend that I'd like to talk about. Um, I tweeted something to the effect of, oh, it would be nice if ESPN pretended baseball exists. And uh, instead of just telling us what LeBron had for dinner every night. And a lot of people liked, and I had more likes on that tweet than probably any tweet I've ever had before. Like, this had over 600 likes and a bunch of retweets, too. And I kind of feel bad because it makes me look like I hate basketball and I hate the NBA, which I don't. I love the NBA. It's my second favorite league after baseball. I'm just sick of ESPN constantly telling us what LeBron is doing. I, I don't care. Talk about baseball. Baseball has been great this season. This could be the season that saves baseball. Yet ESPN does not give a crap about it. Like, it's crazy. We have a guy in Shohei Otani who has hit 40 home runs this season and is dominating on the mound. He's doing things that haven't been done since Babe Ruth. And it barely gets mentioned by ESPN. What a joke. It's pathetic, honestly. Do better, ESPN. I mean, I mean, seriously. Miguel Cabrera hit his 500th home run this weekend. Barely even a mention from ESPN. Little League Classic in Williamsport this weekend. Barely a mention. Field of Dreams game. Barely a mention. Do better, ESPN. That is how I will close today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I would like to remind, thank you again for listening to this bonus episode. And I will remind you too. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at UFRWBB. Follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at bbrian1991. Stay tuned for the Friday episode. Thank you again to everybody who submitted questions. Let's go Yankees. Keep watching Ted Lasso, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.